Blog Talk Radio. International Airport. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters and producer of the co-host of the show, and welcome to Pop Health Week. And I'm going to introduce you to my co-founder, co-host, Mr. Fred Goldstein here. Fred, how are you? I'm doing well, Greg. Thanks so much. How are you doing today at the airport? Well, as you know, we're on the move here, and we're going to do the best we can. So you're listening to Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by the Population Health Alliance, also known as PHA. The PHA Forum is gathering in the nation's capital at the Renaissance Washington, D.C. downtown hotel from November 2nd through the 4th, 2015. Come join your peers for the latest developments in best practices, evidence-based population health strategies, and best-in-class networking opportunities with industry thought leaders and researchers. Now, for my guest, uh, before we get to our guest, I want to tell you about Fred. He's an expert in population health management built upon a background in hospital, HMO, and disease management. For years truly, I publish ACO Watch, founded Health Innovation Media, and Opine and Social as two health guru with a background in public health and preventive medicine. And now for our special guest, Sean McManamy, Senior Vice President of Health Fitness, a proven leader and partner to employers and health plans. Health Fitness is a trustmark company with a track record of creating effective health management and corporate fitness programs for large and diverse populations. Trustmark has 100 years of experience serving the employee benefits needs of employers across the country. Sean is responsible for coordinating and creating alignment around health fitness's long-term growth strategy. Prior to health fitness, he was senior vice president. He was vice president product development and marketing at for a Trustmark sub core source, where he was responsible for ongoing development of the company's data analytics, and population health management program. So, Fred, with that rather truncated and perhaps somewhat uh, you know, background obstructed noise introduction, over to you. Help us get to know Sean. Thank you so much, Greg. And, Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Greg. Uh, good to be with you guys today. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, as we gear up for the PHA Forum, I know you've been pretty active and obviously very active in getting the forum set up. Um, tell us a little bit about just forum overall, and then we'll get into today's t- to today's topic, which will be discussing the great debate. Uh, yeah, um, you know we're uh, we're really excited about uh, this year's PHA forum, which, as Greg said, uh, runs from Monday, November second, uh, through Wednesday, November fourth, at the Renaissance in Washington D.C. Um, you know, and we're really looking at at the forum as a place where um, uh, particularly this year's forum is a place where population health policy, innovation, and education all converge. Um, you know, obviously that's the 
for, for those who have attended the forum in the past. I think that's been a, a common theme, but particularly, <clears throat> excuse me, this year um, with the forum's location uh, happening and uh, being in Washington, D.C., it really gives us an additional opportunity to put some focus on um, the policy end of things um, uh, as well as the political end of things. So we're going to have, um, we've got a great, uh, great program starting on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, November 2nd is our executive institute. We have um, a, a number of fantastic panels and, 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 and discussions, including uh, the one that we're going to talk about uh, a little later on here in this, uh, in this show. Uh, but we have some um, programming focused at the executive level for provider groups, um, for those who are interested in the use of incentives, not just in wellness, but really across the, the population health spectrum um, from both the programming standpoint as well as a behavioral health standpoint. We're going to be looking at some interesting things in the international space relative to population health and then uh, as I said, the, uh, what we're terming the great debate uh, that we're going to talk about here a little later, um, and then as we get into the rest of the uh, get into the rest of the forum, um, you know, uh, certainly in addition to all of the fantastic educational track um, programming that we have, where we've got uh, lots and lots of fantastic presenters coming and talking about some of the things that they've done in their organizations that have been successful or maybe that haven't been successful, but they've learned some lessons. Um, so there's some real-life real education um, and real-life uh, examples of, of things that folks can take back to their own organizations. And then we have some really, really great uh, general sessions and keynote sessions. We're kicking things off on Tuesday morning um, with a political roundtable of sorts. Um, Eleanor Clift, who is very uh, well-known, well-respected political journalist from the McLaughlin Group and Newsweek and MSNBC, um, she will be joined by <clears throat> uh, Mark Siegel, who is a former executive director of the Democratic National Committee and a, and a uh, well-known and, and well-respected lobbyist and, and professor of political science. They're going to be talking about the 2016 election. Um, the impact of health care on the 2016 election and, and sort of what some of the potential outcomes might be um, from, you know, the, the Republican primary, the Democratic primary, the, the race for, for the House and the Senate. So there's lots and lots going on, obviously, as we go into an election year, and, and Eleanor and Mark are going are gonna to give a, a fantastic, uh, and I think it's going to be a really engaging and spirited discussion of, of what's at stake for uh, the population health community in the election. Um, as we get into uh, Tuesday afternoon, um, we have a number of fantastic keynote speakers, uh, starting with Sam Glick. Sam is a partner at Oliver Wyman, and he's going to be talking about the patient-to-consumer revolution and about how regardless of what, um, what vertical you uh, might participate in inside of the population health arena, um, that we really need to start thinking about our, our end um, end users as consumers, um, not just patients, not just plan members, not just employees, but everybody's a consumer who has choices. Um, and he's going to talk. Uh, he's going to talk about that and about the opportunities that that creates, as well as some of the challenges. Um, Lucia Savage, who is the chief privacy officer for the Office of the National Coordinator of Health IT, 
is then going to kind of t is uh, is going to talk about privacy and data security, um, you know, but you know, as, as something that as as this consumer revolution advances, um, you know, certainly one of the uh, one of the risks and one of the things that we all need to be thinking about is, um, and she's going to talk about how how ONC is approaching that. Um, uh, again, something I think that's going to be very very applicable to. Uh, to everybody in the audience, because data security is is an issue for everyone. Um, and then finally, we have uh, uh, Commissioner Lipnick from the EEOC, um, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, later as well, Fred. That you know the EEOC has been very active in looking at um, in looking at the use of incentives, uh, particularly in wellness programs. Um, and so we are we're, we're excited and honored to have an EEOC commissioner. Uh, who's going to come and, and talk a little bit about what the EEOC is doing um, and how that uh, how that process might play out? So uh, that's just the first two days. We've got as we move into Wednesday, we've got some great uh, a, a great discussion of looking back at as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of Medicare and Medicaid, looking back at that with Dr. Bill Rogers, who's a medical director at CMS, um, and then we have a, a, a fantastic panel. Uh, that's going to be talking uh, more about looking forward at the future of, of payment models and uh, some of the innovative things that are happening inside and outside of Washington. So we're we're really excited. There's a lot of just as I said, great programming um, that uh, you know I think there's something for everybody in the population health community. So uh, we can't wait, and we hope to see everybody out there. Yeah. John, as a board member along with you and really enjoy serving with you, you've done a fantastic job with the forum committee putting together this program because population health really is so broad. It encompasses, you know, every area of healthcare, And so we have at the forum areas focused on wellness, areas focused on chronic disease, the provider side of it, the payer side of it, the employer side of it versus other conferences. So we get a, a really nice mix of, of people and companies together that allow for the, the, the uh, sharing of ideas across those pieces. And I think as we continue to see population health grow, it's important to bring in what's going on politically. You know, ACA really pushed population health in the forefront. So we want to know where's that going because it'll impact us all. And really, Sean, you've done a fantastic job with that. And you closed sort of mentioning the EOC commissioner, and uh, that's been a big issue for those in the wellness space. So let's drill down a little bit now into this whole wellness issue. You know, we've set up this great debate that we, we call it and just some historical pr perspective for individuals. This this really came about um, over the past couple of years. There's been some uh, debate going on within the wellness industry itself for employers. And um, one of the individuals heavily involved in that has been Al Lewis, who uh, is an author and was one of the individuals who was involved in the founding, actually, of the Disease Management Association of America, which is now the Population Health Alliance. And he's written a book on this, come out and really push the industry regarding its results. At the same time, we have Ron Getzel, a noted researcher at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of, of Public Health, and also at Truven, who's published a lot of papers in this area. And I think it must have been about a year ago, I happened to see a post by Al saying, Nobody in the industry will debate me. And, um, yeah. you know, so I guess, Sean, here we really are. Uh, uh, there is someone, Ron, obviously, and uh, has agreed to it. And so I think, you know, for the individuals who don't have this historical perspective, it's important to understand this is really uh, an, 
an ongoing issue in our industry that we're facing and uh, that we thought ought to be just addressed straight up at the forum. So I think it's fantastic we brought the two of them in. What else do you see sort of as the background for that and some of the issues that they're looking at? Well, yeah, Fred, you know, as you said, I think um, the, the the debate on the issue has largely taken place, um, you know, in the uh, in the comments section of various blogs and various other publications. And um, while I think you have a, a handful of of diehard folks who are, you know, who are, who are spending time there and 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 um, engaging in that conversation, um, you know, it really has, I would say, probably been been uh, a little bit uh, a little bit under the radar. Um, and I think you're right. You know, these are these are important issues to discuss. Um, they really are. And 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 you know, and I'm that's speaking as somebody who. Um, whose company is a is you know a part of that community and is a part of working with employers to um, you know to help them help their employees become healthier uh, and happier and 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 uh, creating long term value for those employers. So um, you know I I certainly have my own point of view on that um, uh, and you know it won't surprise anyone which which side of the fence I fall on, but. Um, you know, it's it's important to talk about. Um, you know, it's important that we, as an industry, um, whether we're being pushed from the inside or from the outside, um, you know, continue to look for ways to innovate, look for ways to do things better, look for ways to um, be uh, be better at how we measure uh and how we you know how we talk about the value that we're providing um so you know while uh again while I might have a particular point of view on this um I think that it is important that uh, you know that we have a, a a good and um productive and and you know um, high-minded not mean-spirited conversation um you know of a couple of of very smart individuals who have very different views on this, um, but I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's great to to get it out of the blog comments section and and let's have a, a really really productive and and engaging debate on the issue. Yeah, I know that both um, Al and Ron have published uh, blog posts, et cetera, up on health affairs, and obviously there've been others out there. And it really gets down to this issue of ROI and wellness programs and while you talked about is this issue sort of simmered over here and not been that that resonant overall it it has caused individuals to take a look at it at the same time obviously the the impetus for employers to implement wellness programs and and seek to help their their employees um improve their health continues at a great pace. I mean, my understanding is the majority of Fortune 500 companies put these programs in place. Many smaller companies do as well. And there are reasons perhaps beyond ROI why some of these companies are looking at it. And and clearly there are studies on both sides of this. So I think it's important that we bring this to the bring this up. Um I think it's going to be a a a, a well-spirited debate. Um I, as you know, will be moderating that debate, and so your your comments regarding mean spirit, et cetera, those will not be allowed. It's been discussed with both the debaters. It's really about the data and the facts, and what 
are the facts and where do they point to when you look at wellness programs for employers? So I think, you know, some of the underlying issues we've got in this thing are, you know, it is, although there's been disease management for quite a while and wellness programs for a little less than that, they are still an evolving field. So, you know, the PHA has published guidelines on how you measure these programs. Some people would follow them and some people don't. Um, so I think there are a lot of areas where where this impacts um, companies and where that the debaters will be able to dive into regarding standards. Um, we obviously see a lot of vendors. Uh, Health Fitness has been in this space for a while, fairly large company doing this work. But I know here, even in Jacksonville, Florida, there are probably four or five mom or pop wellness shops that have contracts with employers and are offering programs that say they're wellness programs, but perhaps they don't have all of the requisite pieces. So I think that, too, is something that needs to be uh, delved into as well. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a good point. I mean, as an industry, we um, and I think we've come a long way. Um, I'm guessing you would agree over the last couple of years. Um, the work that PHA and Hero have done together, um, you know, in terms of, of looking at, uh, you know, how we're measuring, um, you know, how, how we're trying to get to some common standards for measuring outcomes. Um, because I think you're right, you know, when everybody's calling themselves, quote unquote, a wellness program, um, you know, and bringing different measurements and different metrics and different um, uh, ideas for success to the table, it can it can be confusing to employers. We're actually uh, at Health Fitness. We are um, in the middle of a very very large employer uh, sort of a employer attitudes research project, um, and I've participated in a lot of that. We've been doing a lot of focus groups and other um, other uh, interactions with employers around the country. Um, and you know, I think that there's this. Um, the employers who are offering programs, wellness, health management programs, they're saying, you know, I know that there's an impact here. I know that um, putting programs like this in place, um, I can I can see the impact that it's having on my employees. I can see people getting healthier, becoming more active, eating better, et cetera. But, <clears throat> you know, I'm confused about how everybody's measuring it. And so while I might – Intuitively know that, that and, and and can see in the people that I that I you know work with every day, um, and I know that it's the right thing to do, and I know that it's important to improve people's well-being. Um, you know, how do I know that this works from a um, you know from a pure numbers standpoint? Um, you know, whether it's uh, claims dollar you know claims dollar savings, whether it's uh, increased productivity. Um, uh, decrease in absenteeism. There's so many different ways we can measure this. And, and you know, I, I think to your point, as an industry, we probably haven't done ourselves any favors um, with a lot of different um, different ways of looking at this. So if there's one thing that, that, this, that this debate with a small d over the last couple of years has, has really caused us to do is I think, you know, we're we're spending more time thinking about how we can get to some standards. And I'm guessing that that Ron and Al will, uh, and yourself, will be discussing some of those standards and and whether that truly is a, a step in the right direction. I'm guessing some will say yes and some will say no. Right. And it's interesting to talk about standards because it's my understanding that the forum uh, will be releasing Outcomes Guidelines Version 6 
which will be the first yep. update to the outcomes guidelines since 2010, which will really be fantastic. Nice timing to get that out. I think it, it will help people look at how they could potentially measure programs. I, I can tell you a funny story. I was up in Idaho one time, uh, and I happened to just, while well, well, I was up there, say, let me go scan Blue Cross of, or Blue Shield, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Idaho's website, and I hit their disease management page, and I'm looking through it. And, and clearly, right up there, it said, we measure our programs using the population health lines, that time care continual lines, outcomes methodologies. You know, and, and so I think this is something that's really useful to the industry. I think it's more and more of the players use it and then sort of move up that scale of rigorousness in their own analysis. We'll get better. We'll continue to improve the programs. And the other issue that I sometimes look at with this is, if we can't, we know if we can get long-term behavior change, which obviously can be difficult. Nobody ever said this was easy. We can push the curve over the longer term, which may be a longer event horizon than the employer themselves even have. And so they're sort of offering this as something that may be something good. And again, it also depends on how it's offered. Um, there are obviously issues around some programs that that appear to have been very structured. I happened to see a post up this last week about one place that said you really need to, um, you know, push your employees hard to do this. And so some of this also gets back to what's the culture of the organization. I think we'll hear about a lot about that at the debate as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and as we uh, <clears throat> as we talked about a little earlier, um, you know, this is not just a, an issue that is being debated by employers um, as they look to, to figure out how they're going to make their investments in, in employee health, but it's being debated in Washington, um, where we're going to be, uh, where we'll obviously be having the forum. Um, and, you know, it has been, as you said, the, the ACA has um, enabled um, a lot more in the way of wellness programs. Um, which has been, I think, you know, the, the employer community has been uh, very, very supportive of that, and and I think that the, um, you know, the the ability for employers to offer enhanced incentives for participation in these programs was one of the one of the few things I believe that both sides of the aisle could agree on back when when the ACA was being debated, um, and of course, you know, the devil's in the details, and and as uh, as the law has been implemented, um, you know, there have been numerous uh, uh, governmental bodies, not the least of which being the EOC, which have looked at what employers are doing and, and um, you know, they've had some, uh, they've raised some concerns. And so we've seen, uh, we've seen some legislation introduced by uh, the Senate Health Committee, chaired by uh, Lamar Alexander from Tennessee, um, that would have, uh, legislation is still out there that would sort of, um, uh, I guess, put an exclamation point on the ability of employers to offer these programs and incentivize their employees to participate. The EEOC has responded with some clarifying rules um, that are, um, you know, that are still making their way through the process. And there's other, there's, uh, it's not just the ACA, it's it's GINA and other, uh, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, how all these things come to play is something that's that's a hot topic in Washington, and that's filtering its way to employers. So, um, you know, the, there's some lack of clarity around um, how employers can use incentives, um, and I think that's that's heightened the discussion about how incentives contribute to the effectiveness of these programs. And 
Uh, I'm hoping to hear uh, uh, Ron and Al weigh in on, on that uh, point of this discussion as well. Yeah, I think the issue of the incentives, you know, for for wellness programs, uh, whether they're participatory or outcomes-based, obviously with outcomes-based, the standards were a little clearer. And for those who are unaware, the EEOC essentially filed suit against a number of companies over their uh, incentive program. Uh, the PHA, which has the ability to advocate, um, has been very active in this arena through a committee. And um, essentially, employers really should pay attention to this. Um, because the final outcome is not yet written, and it could have a, uh, a potential impact on their current programs or programs they're considering in the future in regards to their incentives, et cetera. And it's nice also that not only are we debating the, this issue of ROI and return or value investment on, on wellness-type initiatives, but we're also going to be hearing directly from an EEOC commissioner who, who will be providing us with some insights around their work in this area and others that impact our industry. So you're really going to get a good sense of a couple of different things by coming to the forum, whether you're an employer or a vendor. And I know also that a lot of providers, particularly hospitals, are getting into this space of offering wellness programs or things like that. So it's important for them as well to keep up to speed on what the latest is. And I think they can all get that by coming to the forum. Uh, you've yep. really done a and, great and, job with it. Yeah, and I think and I think that um, you know again the um, having. Uh, different points of view on these important issues, you know, is is um, is really important, and we understand that. Um, again, there's always ways that uh, that we can all be better at what we do, and and I think even even if we are, uh, uh, you know, listening to others who have a, a different point of view than ourselves, um, I think you know it, it, it certainly does help us to get better. Um, and to think, uh, you know, to think more clearly and, and, uh, and more strategically about what we're doing and how we're doing it. So I think it's important, and, and um, you know, I think it'll be, uh, I think it's going to be a, a great, a great debate. Capital G, capital D. Um, um, I'll point out that while it is a, um, a part of the Executive Institute on Monday afternoon, anyone who is registered for the PHA forum is welcome to, uh, welcome to join. Um, I believe that the the debate itself, we're, we've got targeted to schedule or, or started to, to, to start around 3:30 on Monday afternoon. Um, so um, no invitation necessary. All are welcome. All are encouraged. I think, Fred, you're going to open it up to the audience if there's time for some for some questions for the uh, for our, our our debaters. Absolutely. So the format will be um, they'll each have some time to uh, make their points and a rebuttal. We'll then have uh, some questions, and I've actually been receiving questions from individuals. And uh, anyone else who would like to send questions in, please send them to me, F. Goldstein at AccountableHealthLLC.com, and uh, be happy to consider those. And then we will open it up to our audience. It, it is a, a very good issue, a very important issue. And it also gets to, as you talked about, we do need to keep pushing the field forward. It's about the evidence. It's about making this process better, because if we don't solve the upfront issues that we face in our healthcare system, we're just going to live with the cost issues we face downstream, whether those are social determinants of health, lifestyle issues, et cetera. And that's really where I think wellness programs are trying to hit. Um, some obviously more successful than others, as you see in any industry. So it should be an interesting debate. Really looking forward to it. And um, any final words that you have, Sean? Uh, no, just thanks for thanks for the time today, Fred and Greg, and and um, 
Really hope to see everyone at the uh, at the PHA forum. If you haven't registered, um, there's certainly still time. Go to popu populationhealthalliance.org, um, and you can uh, go out to the site for the 2015 forum and register and get your hotel information. It's a fantastic hotel. Um, we're going to have a, a great forum and look forward to seeing everybody there. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for joining us. And with that, I'll turn it back to you, Greg. And that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank Sean McManamy for his time and insights today. Follow Health Fitness on Twitter via at HFIT and on the web via www.healthfitness.com. We hope to see you in Washington, D.C. on November the 2nd through the 4th, 2015. For more information or to register, go to www.populationhealthalliance.org and click on the PHA Forum 2015 tab. So until then, for the Population Health Alliance and for Fred Goldstein, this is Greg Master saying bye now. <laughs>